Hello and welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, a publication of Citizens Union Foundation. Thanks very much for tuning in here for this episode of the show. Uh, very excited to talk with our two guests here today. They are relatively new council members, though I feel like the first hundred days or so of their tenure probably has felt like a year or two. Um, but a couple new city council members, and they happen to be the co-chairs of the council's progressive caucus. So I'm going to be talking in just a moment with city council members Shahana Hanif and Lincoln Wrestler. They are council members from Brooklyn and the co-chairs of the progressive caucus, which is quite a sizable uh, caucus in the city council. And we'll get into that in just a second with the two guests on today's show. But real quickly, first, if you've uh, missed any of our recent reporting at Gotham Gazette, you can find that at GothamGazette.com. We've been covering the state budget, of course, which has been a lot of the big news of the last couple of weeks. And uh, there's finally a state budget deal. And we've been covering a lot of elements leading up to that and then dissecting the final state budget deal that clocked in at $220 billion and included quite a lot of policy as well. And we're continuing to dissect that with our coverage at Gotham Gazette and also, of course, covering things happening in city politics and government as well. Here on the show, uh, you can find all our recent episodes at Max Politics, wherever you get your podcasts, or we have them all at the Gotham Gazette site. But on the show, we've had a variety of guests, again, focused often on the state budget. A number of state senators have come on the show recently. We have nothing against the assembly, but we haven't had assembly members with us recently. We'll work on that. But I've been joined by state Senators John Liu, Gustavo Rivera, um, Jabari Brisport, and Julia Salazar, and others also had on the show Republican uh, Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort from Upstate to get the Republican perspective on state budget negotiations, and then a variety of other guests as well, not just elected officials. We have uh, other experts, advocates, and, and others on the show. We've been talking about housing policy, cryptocurrency, and a whole lot more. So you, again, you can find any and all of those episodes of the show at Max Politics, wherever you get your podcasts or at the Gotham Gazette website. All right. On this episode of the show, again, I'm pleased to be joined by the co-chairs of the City Council's Progressive Caucus. There are two new Brooklyn City Council members, Lincoln Ressler, who represents the 33rd district in the council, including a number of uh, neighborhoods sort of on the Brooklyn waterfront, and then also Shahana Hanif, uh, who represents the 39th district, including neighborhoods, um, Gowanus, Park Slope, Windsor Terrace, uh, Borough Park, Kensington, and some others. Uh, thank you both for joining me. Welcome. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having us. So you are the co-chairs of the Progressive Caucus. Let's jump right into that. Um, this caucus is uh, a majority of the council. Um, say a little bit about why you wanted to be the chair of the caucus and, and what that means to you. And we'll get into specific policy, but generally speaking, why you wanted to lead this caucus in the city council um, and, and sort of principally what you know you see the sort of the mission here. Uh, Shahana, why don't you start off? Absolutely. Thank you so much. What a great way to start. I want to uplift the campaign I ran to get here. And, you know, the 39th is a district that has not had a woman in the city council. Our city has never had South Asian nor Muslim women representation in city council. And over 1,200 volunteers led this campaign to victory. Many of which uh, were women, young women across the diversity of 
uh, this beautiful district that is where I was born and raised. And so for me, it is personal. It is a continuation of the good work to build on the good work of an anti-racist feminist uh, New York City. And also it's a new opening. It's a new moment for the left. It is a new moment for the progressive movement. Um, and so I wanted to take on uh, this role and was really excited to be in conversation with my colleagues uh, to really understand how we want to move and how we want to move collectively to build power for working families. Okay. Lincoln Rustler. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, the opportunity to help lead the Progressive Caucus in this new council uh, is just an exceptionally exciting opportunity. Um, you know, this is the most diverse council in New York City history, the first majority women council, um, first black woman to have a speaker in Adrian Adams. And there is, as, as Shahana said, like real energy on the left. Uh, and I'm hopeful that the Progressive Caucus can be a place to, to really take that energy and convert it into effective policy wins. And I'm excited for the caucus to be a place of old policy idea generation of real organizing within the council. And, and considering that we're 34 members deep, uh, we're going to be a, we're going to be a large group that can have real influence across the chamber. And uh, I'm really excited to get to work with Shahana and our great leadership team. We have two amazing vice chairs in Jen Gutierrez and Carmen De La Rosa. And together, I think the four of us are, are eager to get to work. So um, before we get into more specifics uh, of some policy and some budget matters on this, again, sort of the um, the infrastructure here, the as you say, the, the council is 51 seats. There are 34 members of the Progressive Caucus, including the speaker. I almost you know, it almost makes you wonder if a progressive caucus is needed or if the progressive caucus has too easy of a of a barrier to entry to be so big. Um, how do you how do you sort of think about the fact that um, it's it is such a big tent? Uh, you have the speaker as part of the caucus. Doesn't that sort of make the caucus the you know, the majority of the council just in terms of, you know, this is this is the majority and, and this is you know what the count that can set the council agenda. It's not a minority caucus and minority, I mean, by, you know, number of people where you have to sort of push the council in one direction or another. How, how do you, how do you think about that and the size of this council and what that means? The size of the caucus is our strength. Hmm. It is our power. And I know Lincoln said that we're eager to get to work. We've already been working. And so, uh, and in particular with the response to uh, the encampment sweeps and sure uh, it's, it's powerful to come out on your own as a member and, and say that uh, the violent ways in which our neighbors' belongings were removed, thrown out, discarded um, is not okay. And that's not how the city should be treating um, our unhoused neighbors, but together as 34 members coming together on this and speaking up about it and sending a message to the mayor is powerful. And so I'm leaning into that power and what else will be possible uh, with, with this size. And of course, this is something that the leadership has been in conversation about. We want to make sure that it doesn't get 
unwieldy. We want to be thoughtful about the ways in which we structure the caucus. We are in the process of hiring a new director and have been really thoughtful about that process as well. And the four of us really bring so much to the table that excites me in the way in which we will lead this caucus uh, at this very moment while we are um, moving into recovery through COVID, while we are addressing the uptick in gun violence in our city. And, um, you know, our uh, council colleague and Progressive Caucus member Alexa Viles has been um, so thoughtfully there for our Sunset Park community and her district after the tragic shooting um, that took place. And it, it is important for us to have the backs of our members because we're here to look after and care for every single one of our constituents and ensure that no one in the city is abandoned. And so I find a lot of power and strength in, in the number and the ways in which we will bring each other together through discourse and dialogue um, on some of the, the most important issues impacting our constituents. Councilmember Russell, feel free to jump in on any of this, but one thing I'm wondering, again, with the speaker being part of it and it being a majority of council members, is everything that the Progressive Caucus says something that the speaker of the city council has signed on to? I mean, this is sort of a, a significant uh, aspect of how the, uh, any caucus of the council sort of operates and makes its voice known, whether it's in response to the mayor as Councilmember Hanif was talking about um, in response to the homeless encampment sweeps where the, the caucus put out a, a statement um, criticizing those sweeps and, and pointing to sort of the, the different way that the council wants to frame uh, addressing the issues at hand. Um, but how should how should we in the media, how should the public sort of think about that? I mean, ben, it's, this is not a new dynamic. Uh, Melissa Mark Favorito was the co-founder, was the founder and co-chair of the Progressive Caucus and a member as speaker. Uh, Corey Johnson was a member of the Progressive Caucus uh, as he served as the speaker of the city council. And, and we're very lucky and fortunate to have uh, Adrienne Adams as a member of our caucus. She's She's been a part of it for years, and we really appreciate her leadership. Uh, she's got a lot on her plate, so she's not uh, jumping into every policy debate within the caucus. But I think that uh, she defers to the majority of the members when it's the uh, Progressive Caucus takes a, takes a position, she's a part of it. And, uh, you know, I think that the, the real um, opportunity that we have as such a large and vibrant caucus is to synthesize the agenda and to set priorities around budget and policy and legislation of what needs to get done in this council. Because when we get ready to, when we line up behind issues, um, they're going to get over the finish line and we're, we're going to do everything that's necessary with the, the power of our numbers. As, as Shahana said, that's our greatest strength um, to make sure that our priorities become a reality. Mm -hmm. do, is there a risk that um, a progressive caucus of this size winds up not being that progressive? Because of because of how how many sort of stripes of, of Democrats you you have in the in the mix, you know we're a big tent progressive caucus, and everybody who wanted to be a member has uh, has joined in. Uh, we are going to have we are uh, on the budget and on our legislative agenda uh, in the process of developing a very sharply and stridently progressive agenda and. Uh, we're hopeful that each and every member is going to line up enthusiastically behind it and that we'll push together to make it a reality. 
All right, this is a lot of sort of fun, um, a little bit insidery baseball stuff that we've been talking about, but it, it matters in terms of, of shaping the council agenda and how different you know elements within the council operate. But let's get into the substance, really. Um, and obviously, the, the, that infrastructure and those questions tie into the substance that's produced, but let's, let's get into the substance. So, uh, Shahana, the... Um, the issues that are sort of at the forefront right now that that the Progressive Caucus is really looking at, like I said, and and, and you mentioned one of the first actions of the caucus once you you know really f- uh, formed your membership and, and and put out an initial statement was um, sort of responding to and, and rebuking the mayor on the homeless encampment sweeps. What are some of the things that are clearly front and center for you as you look at the issues facing New Yorkers and and the city here? Yeah, right now is a moment uh, for our caucus to solidify uh, our priorities, and we've been working on that. Um, Council member Jen Gutierrez is uh, chairing our policy working group. We've divvied ourselves up into working groups to sort of set some structure uh, because of the size of the caucus and we really want input, we want collaboration. And so right now at the top of that priority is addressing the preservation of affordable housing and homelessness, uh, particularly after uh, what we've been seeing across uh, the city with uh, the sweeps, very violent sweeps. And we surveyed members and it is no surprise that that was uh, top of mind for the membership. Uh, We've got uh, the restoration of funds for sanitation um, also at the top of the list, and we really want to support um, Council Member Sandy Nurse as the chair of the Sanitation Committee and look for ways to bring back uh, composting to ensure that there's equitable um, and adequate uh, sanitation services across this entire city. Um, we've got ending maternal mortality as uh, uh, the the third on this list of priorities. And we're really excited to work with Borough President Antonio Reynoso and um, other electeds who have similarly outlined um, their, uh, their budget going into um, facilities that would make uh, seeing physicians and receiving care as Black women, Black mothers in the city much more easier um, and accessible. So we've got um, a critical list of items that we are going to put out to the speaker and very publicly. I think one of the things that we want to do differently is make the caucus much more transparent, not just for our membership, but also to those watching New York City in this moment. Um, We've got the largest municipal government, and this is the largest that the caucus has been. And we want to make sure that the way we talk about these issues um, that require creativity and strategy, uh, once we put out uh, our list of priorities, we're going to be sitting down to figure out, well, how do we get these wins in the budget? um, And how do we get to work together? I don't know, uh, Lincoln, you want to add on to some of the other issues we're working on? No, I I think you summarized it super well. And, you know, it's it's clear that housing and homelessness is at the at the top of the list. And, you know, when we surveyed our members of of what are the, the issues they care most about is ending homelessness and strengthening tenant protections and investing in affordable housing. These are the things that um 
that are the most important priorities. And it's no surprise, right? The affordability crisis that we've all been struggling with for decades in New York City is getting worse every year. And and especially for those who are most vulnerable, you know, where the single adult homeless population keeps exploding year after year after year. It's going up by a thousand people a year for over a decade. And increasingly, uh, those homeless individuals don't want to be in the shelter system, and we see them out on the streets. And uh, they need our help right now. They are uh, clamoring for compassionate solutions, not the same old police-first approach that we've seen mm-hmm. from mayor after mayor after mayor. Is there, uh, and and you're getting at maybe a little bit that it, that it might be a little early, and and if you if you point something out here, you obviously can give it the caveat that this is not an official, you know, progressive caucus position. But I'm wondering if there's a piece of legislation that has, um, you know, been around for a while but not been passed. Something that was a goal, let's say, of the last council that you know, nobody got to the finish line or because of COVID, you know, wasn't really plausible or whatever it might be. Is there a piece of legislation or two or three um, that either of you or the caucus seems to have on your radar as something really important to either re-examine, introduce a new version of, or just get past here in the first year of this council? I can start and and kick it over to Shahana. You know, I think, uh, we have been really focused on our budget priorities and and can dig into those. Um, I would say legislatively, uh, you know, we believe deeply in universal access to counsel. And the best way to prevent evictions is to ensure that a New Yorker uh, uh, has a lawyer representing them in housing court. And uh, I am deeply disturbed that we have uh, individuals facing eviction in Queens and other parts of New York City where we simply do not have the legal services capacity to meet up with the demand right now. And housing court judges are um, taking these cases anyway, and that's wrong. Um, but the program as it's been designed uh, is just too modest in its in, in its aims. Uh, basically, uh, as a household, you can earn up to 200% of the federal poverty line to um, be eligible for an attorney in housing court. And so what does that mean? That means if you have two minimum wage earners in the same household, they make too much money to make you eligible to get a free attorney when you're facing eviction. That doesn't make any sense. We should have universal access to counsel so that any individual who needs a lawyer can can get one so that they can stay in their homes and we can avoid violent evictions. We can uh, we can stop the uh, the shelter population from continuing to swell um, and we can get people the support they need to stably stay where they are. Um, and and so that's a big priority for for me going into this council to ensure that uh, we keep people in their homes. I'll just add on that we're focusing on the budget and taking very seriously a piece of legislation that passed in the last administration like our city, our vote, and we'll be working really hard to put in the $25 million that the advocates are calling for, for adequate outreach to make sure that folks who are eligible to vote, register, and have the materials in their uh, languages and um, participate. And so we want to expand civic engagement and uh, we'll be working alongside advocates. And that brings me to my next point, 
we're just real quickly, our, our yeah. city, our vote is the legislation that was passed in the last council to allow municipal voting for many permanent resident uh, non-citizens, uh, green card holders and, and, and some others that, that qualify. And, and so there's been some discussion about whether the necessary funding is there for outreach and education to get people signed up to be able to vote in local elections when the if they so choose. Um, and so that's our city, our vote. Sorry, go ahead. No, I appreciate that. It's top of mind. For Most the of the people of listening caucus. to this probably know what that is, but, but for some. <laughs> no, I really appreciated no, the for, synopsis. For some, the reminder, the, the necessary podcast reminder. Well, you know, we're trying to expand our audience. So we want to, uh, you know, make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Go ahead. Our city, our vote is, is so good for our city. And so really appreciate the ways in which, um, our members uh, have put forth our city, our vote and the commitment to what the advocates are calling for on our list of priorities. And uh, we want to work with our allies outside of the council. This is a council, of course, that is coming in with a lot of talent and expertise and ideas. But there are advocates who we want to work with and build with. And one of the biggest champions um, in this moment is the coalition, the People's Plan. And so we're going to be a caucus, very deliberate and intentional about uh, working with um, union leaders and coalitions that are forming at this moment in response to both COVID and uh, the uptick in, in crime and want to address gun violence um, and put back re deep reinvestments into our community. So we want to be working with communities to get what we need for the city. Mm. So you mentioned budget priorities. Um, are there things? So, so you say the Progressive Caucus is is um, sort of putting its agenda together. Are there areas of investment that you know will be um, that that you haven't mentioned in terms of budget priorities? Are you are there areas you know that you're going to really be trying to push hard on? Um, maybe you don't know the specifics yet. Maybe you don't know the order of priorities. But are there are there specific? You know, and and obviously the Council put out its its preliminary budget response um, about ten days ago or so. Uh, if anyone's looking for a recap of that, we have one at Gotham Gazette. Um, there, there's a lot in there. Is the Progressive Caucus then taking that to work from? And there's certain areas you're going to dig in further on. What 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 are we talking in terms of impacting the budget discussion here? What do, what do you think is is sort of going to be the focus areas? That has certainly been a starting point for us. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly around the homelessness piece, we are in agreement that we need the um, hundred plus million dollars put into safe havens, stabilization beds and drop-in centers. So we are taking some of the monetary amounts proposed um, as our goals uh, to fight for. I think that's exactly right. And, and you know, the, the street homelessness crisis that that we are experiencing, there are solutions that we know work. And as Shahana mentioned, the safe havens and stabilization beds and drop-in centers, these are places where street homeless individuals can go access care, treatment, privacy, and ultimately housing. And uh, they are a proven solution for bringing folks off the street and into stability and care. And we need to dramatically enhance and expand their capacity. Um, and we need to do a whole lot more. Uh, you know, it's it's mind boggling that we saw 
such dramatic cuts to the Department of Homeless Services and to HPD, our housing agency, at a time when the affordability crisis is at the forefront of all of our minds. And so uh, not only do we want to see the direct investment in, in homeless services and mental health investments and, and support for H our health and hospital system to, to provide mental health care to, to more New Yorkers in need, but we also need to dramatically expand affordable housing. And so the $4 billion uh, that, that we put out in our council budget response to invest in our in dramatically expanding affordable housing supply in New York City is critical because, you know, ultimately the real solutions uh, uh, are is housing, right? What do homeless people need? They need a place to live. And especially for a lot of the street homeless folks that um, are out there, we need supportive housing. And I really do hope that Mayor Adams is going to see that supportive housing is the priority that he should focus on. He says he's all about making government work. Our supportive housing system is not working well. We need to, and he can dramatically expand investments in supportive housing, make it easier for people to get in and expand supply to a degree where we're actually meeting the need. And you know, I'm I'm so heartened that 62,000 New Yorkers, the largest survey ever of its kind, all agreed that the best solution to public safety, the best the best way to address our public safety, you know, challenges is housing. That's what we really need is right. to prioritize housing front, center, first and foremost. So um, that's that's what's guiding us through this budget process is a focus on homelessness and housing. Um, we know what works. Uh, we hope the mayor is going to step up and work with us to get it done. Did you want to jump in on that, Shahana? No, I'm okay. with Lincoln here. So um, uh, I'm glad you brought up housing. I wanted to ask you about that. This is this is something I think um, that is really interesting, which is um, right now in New York City, especially sort of what does it mean to be progressive on housing and on affordable housing? Um, there is often this tension between affordability of housing and development. And these issues are coming to the fore when, um, you know, people are addressing specific developments in their council districts. And obviously, city council members still hold immense sway over what uh, gets approved in their districts when it's not an as of right uh, building. Uh, it comes into play when there's proposed, you know, work on neighborhood rezoning plans, uh, community, you know, development plans and so forth. Um, we see a lot of. Um, NIMBYism, not in my backyard, ism among um, elected officials, community members, advocates. Um, there's a lot of of challenges in New York City to to getting housing built and to getting affordable housing um, built. How? Uh, and again, this is in progressive caucus positions asking you individually. How are you thinking about? Um, those tensions and really what it means right now in this moment to sort of be progressive on housing in New York City. Those tensions are real. And as I go into these meetings with developers to better understand their proposals, I'm understanding the complexity, but also one wherein our housing stock is fully reliant on real estate developers and the real estate driven uh, system is not working. Um, and so in my office, we've been very thoughtful about outlining our vision for what we want to see in a district like mine, where we have not seen affordable housing um, in decades. 
And a goal is to make sure that we um, achieve deeper affordability, we achieve greener infrastructure uh, alongside preservation and retention of uh, manufacturing zones in the district and not chip away from manufacturing hubs. Um, and so a I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm collaborating with my neighbors. Councilmember Ressler and I uh, have been working really hard to make sure that the Gowanus rezoning is, is a thoughtful process as we um, push the city to implement all the community benefits that we want. And so we've been working together. I have been in touch with uh, Borough President Reynoso. I mean, I'm learning a lot as I get through um, proposals in my district and carrying the weight of, of wanting to build more to house uh, domestic violence survivors, to house our unhoused neighbors who need uh, permanently affordable housing uh, that they feel safe in. We want dignified housing for every single New Yorker. Um, so it's certainly been weighing on me, but also I'm excited by the opportunity uh, to shift the way in which uh, we build new housing here and particularly around community land trust. And one of the priorities that the Progressive Caucus um, has within our bucket uh, to achieve more affordable housing is to increase funding for um, the implementation of community land trust by 3 million in this administration. And so there are exciting opportunities for partnership um, and for deeper affordability and for home ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you can see that I'm lucky I get to work with Shahana both at the caucus and in our in our neighborhood. Our, we share a border. Um, right. it's, it's one of the fun things about this job is getting to work with extraordinary colleagues. Um, like Shahana and oh, likewise, I'm, the, I'm happy that this worked out in our seriously, favor. Seriously, seriously, <laughs> um, you know, the 33rd has grown in population more than any other district in the city over the last decade, and it's it's not even close. Uh, since the last sentence census, we've added over 50,000 people, and we experienced major upzoning after major upzoning. And in my opinion, we basically handed over gobs of money to developers to build you know, very large amounts of dense, predominantly market rate housing, and we didn't get much in return. Um, and I, I don't interrupt you to ask, what do you mean handed over gobs of money? I mean, this. Oh, we upzoned uh, sites. You mean and, the, the opportunity for them to make money? Oh, yeah. By okay, upzoning okay. the site, you're handing over money. Okay. All right. I mean, that's the, I mean, it's, you're okay. giving, I, I don't think it's a controversial statement. Um, it's pretty explicit. Uh, I don't have a problem with our community taking on density. We're one of the most transit, we have more trans, uh, subway stations than any council district outside of Manhattan. So we are a place where dense development should be happening, but we're also a place where affordable development needs to happen and where infrastructure investments like new schools and new parks are desperately needed. And, you know, I'll say unfortunately, Fortunately, uh, previous administrations have mostly left those promises broken um, and unfulfilled. And so the parks and schools that were supposed to come with the Williamsburg and Greenpoint rezoning or the downtown Brooklyn rezoning still have not come online 15 years later. Um, I'm still open to new development and I want to work with developers who are coming into our community, but it needs to actually incorporate real affordable housing. And you know, in the 33rd, a quarter of tenants pay a majority of their income and in rent. 
But if you go up to Purina's district in the West Bronx, it's over, it's a majority of tenants paying a majority of their income in rent. Mm-hmm. It's totally um, unsustainable. And so we need to ensure that when development's happening, we're actually getting the affordable housing we so badly need. And I think it's also important to recognize we need to spread we do while we do need to increase housing supply, every council district should take responsibility for that goal. So we should end single family zoning. We should ensure that districts that haven't seen much of any new development actually are places that grow as well. And uh, it can't just be a handful of council districts that are required or expected to take on all of the growth and development for the city as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and just lastly, on the point of NIMBYism, you know, I want to say that I am proud that the largest new supportive housing development to open in New York City in decades is going to be in the 33rd Council District in Dumbo at 90 Sand Street. And I am proud that the largest safe haven in the city of New York is going to open in Greenpoint. We cannot be NIMBY elected officials. We need to stand up and lead and and welcome the most vulnerable among us into our community as neighbors. And I hope that uh, each and every one of my colleagues will take a similar approach. You know, short of um, uh, this idea for comprehensive planning, which uh, I, I, I don't know, does, doesn't seem to me like there's there's the real appetite for that um, to, to pass. But we'll, we'll see. Um, but short of that, and I don't I don't even I'm not necessarily even saying that's a good thing. But short of that, um, you know, it seems like so much to get at um, fighting NIMBYism, to get at ensuring what you just said, Councilmember Ressler, about uh, you know all parts of the city sort of doing their share to provide housing and increase housing and address what is, I don't think anybody, inarguably, I think, um, clearly a, a, a major housing shortage in the city. And obviously people can debate what types and what levels of affordability and what the different uh, systems for attaining it should be, but that it relies so much on the mayoral administration to fight those battles because the council is so parochial and short of, you know, a new day around more, let's just say more comprehensive planning or more pushing of sort of um, community neighborhood development plans, rezonings and so forth that, sometimes need to be done, you know, in concert with council members, but sometimes, you know, need to involve some real um, arm twisting or whatever it might be, some real negotiation. It just seems like so much of this is so stuck. Um, And I don't know if, you know, if either of you have a a response that, you know, Mayor Adams has talked about upzoning in wealthier communities to increase housing, including affordable housing. You know, that seems like undoubtedly part of what the city needs. You know, it's hard to argue against that. And Mayor de Blasio sort of recognized that, but didn't really do a lot on it till till the very end of his administration. Um, but but it seems like, you know, something's got to give at some point here. I think that uh, there is a lot of new energy in this council and a lot of openness to um, to development as long as it's effectively meeting the needs of our community. Um, and uh, certainly, you know, when we've surveyed and, and talked to our colleagues in the Progressive Caucus, when we talk to our friends in the council, um, what I hear most of all is a desire for new affordable housing and um, and investments in preservation of affordable housing. And uh, it's not NIMBYism that people are talking about. It's 
the desire for housing that actually keeps our communities whole. You know, we've lost 15,000 Latino residents in Williamsburg and Greenpoint in the last 15 years. Councilmember Hudson, our neighbor um, in Fort Greene and Clinton Hill and Prospect Heights, lost 20% of her Black population in just the last decade. We are experiencing dramatic displacement of long time, especially Black and Brown, but working class communities across large swaths of Brooklyn. And what we need desperately is real affordable housing. So I'm not here to say no to the developers that are coming and knocking on our door. I'm here to say, meet our needs, invest in our community, build affordable housing. Um, and I think that that's a, a, a chorus that many of my colleagues are, are you know, share. Mm-hmm. And then with that, I mean, we want to make sure that working class residents, our black and brown communities are not evicted and are not pushed out, whether that's by predatory landlords or tragic fires. We want buildings that, uh, we want housing that um, keeps our our neighbors safe. And that is not what we're seeing across um, so many low-income communities. And so I think about the kind of housing that we built and uh, the developers continuing, the management companies continuing to profit. Um, And so, you know, I've been a big proponent of good cause eviction and we need we need those protections to keep. Um, working class people in particular housed in my district. And we've seen this portfolio grow into other parts of the city. Greenbrook partners, um, predatory equity firms um, that are uh, banking um, money from the Texas school board uh, and other entities are buying out market rate buildings. And so we've seen this opportunity here where um residents at 70 Prospect Park West are uh, organizing and building tenant associations. This is a a prime opportunity for tenants to recognize their power, market rate or uh, or not, um, and to really uh, get unified around needing to stay and and fighting back when landlords are, are after them, and particularly through COVID. We could talk about housing policy all day, but I only want to keep you for a few more minutes. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on, but it's good to get some of your thoughts on that, and we'll we'll continue the conversation. Uh, I'm speaking here on Wednesday, April 13th. Everyone should know that you're probably listening to this a little after that, but it's Wednesday, April 13th, uh, 2022, with the co-chairs of the City Council's Progressive Caucus, City Council members Shahana Hanif and Lincoln Ressler, both of Brooklyn. Um, last last couple of things. How much of a priority do you think it is for the Progressive Caucus to see the um, closure of Rikers Island and the building of the jails as planned uh, move forward? Um, there's a there's a there's quite a few voices uh, speaking up about altering the plan. As you both know, this was passed as one big uh, land use application. Um, I'm not sure how changing part of it at any point would work. Um, you know, there's talk about, uh, especially the Manhattan site, the Bronx site, uh, questions about those uh, that the mayor has seemed to entertain at times while also saying he's committed to closing Rikers and, and building the new jails. Do, is it, do you think it's a, a priority for the Progressive Caucus or maybe you just want to speak individually to see this um, to see this plan through or how are you thinking about it? 
since the Brooklyn Detention Center yeah, is, is actually in the 33rd, I'll, I'll start on this one. And, and I'll, I'll very much just speak for myself um, as it's not something that we've addressed together as a caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rikers is a dumpster fire. It's a hellhole. Uh, mm-hmm. The conditions there are totally inhumane. And uh, they're worse than ever, as amazing as that is to say out loud. Uh, we have a strike via sick out among the corrections officers that are that has been leading to fewer people getting delivered to court, fewer people getting their uh, delivered to medical appointments, fewer detainees getting even their rec time. Um, we need fundamentally, we need to close Rikers Island as quickly as we possibly can um, and not look back. Uh, I believe that we need to advance and strengthen the plan to close Rikers. um, And that means shrink the jails. Uh, My focus as the local council member for the Brooklyn Detention Center has been to push this administration as hard as I can to look rigorously at how they could shrink the size and uh, scale and, and, and the number of beds in the proposed jails. And I've met with the mayor multiple times on this. We've had productive conversations. We've brought the leading criminal justice experts uh, to connect um, and and share information and insight with with him and his team. And we're gonna keep pushing uh, to try to make that happen. Uh, The the contracts for demolition at each of the the jails, um, uh, I think are moving forward. I think this, plan is in motion. Uh, I do agree with you, Ben, that the the there's a kind of interconnected nature of all of this, that making a change in one place affects everywhere else. Um, I think that there continue to be opportunities for improvements. Getting uh, the women out of the Queens facility, I think would be a good thing to do. Adding more therapeutic capacity. Uh, uh, you know, Rikers has long been the largest psych ward in the state of New York. And instead, we should be providing more capacity in our hospital system uh, for people who are held pretrial who need intensive physical or mental health. Uh, we have that planned at a couple of our H&H sites as of now, but that should expand significantly. And we need to, most of all, deeply invest in supervised release, in more supportive housing, in case proce- in speeding up our case processing so that we actually can significantly reduce the number of people who are in jail pre-trial. And I know that we can do that while improving and public safety and reducing incarceration. And I know that because that's the the special story of New York City over these last 30 years. Going back to 1991, we had almost 30 years leading up to the pandemic of, of, of reductions in the number of crimes that were committed in New York City and reductions in the number of people who are incarcerated each and every year. And we need to get that back on track because that's what, you know, is the that is the spectacular progress that we've made in criminal justice in New York. And I know that we can go much further. Do you want to comment on the on the jails plan, Councilmember? Lincoln and I are aligned on this. I ran a campaign explicitly on the closure of Rikers uh, alongside calling for the divestment of the police department by a billion dollars, which is not lost on me and something that I bring up um very openly and at the start of my term council members Caban nurse Aviles and I uh visited Rikers because right now we can do that and it was an unannounced visit <clears throat> and we toured most of the jails and 
it was a traumatizing experience for me, particularly speaking to the the young boys held in pretrial detention. And so we know that we saw a significant reduction in the jail population uh, during the de Blasio administration, which then ballooned up. And um, that is really, really um, uh, it's it's terrible to to think uh, where we are right now because it's going to delay the closure of of Rikers. And so I'm committed to uh, continuing to push um, on that front Um, and, you know, just want to raise like. At the start of our term, uh, we had unified around our our colleague, Councilmember Caban, around the letter to uh, halt solitary confinement, where the mayor came out in in opposition and uh, we sort of got to see his wrath and uh, his fight against this, uh, what then became the Progressive Caucus, some might not uh, agree, but I feel like that was one of the, you know, the first letters that a bunch of us signed on um, to his renaming, re sort of branding of solitary confinement as punitive segregation. And so we're committed to this fight and really looking forward to the ways in which um, we will be working with um, longtime advocates on this fight. Because, you know, there were there were several campaigns, uh, the Freedom Agenda and other young people across the city um, motivated by this fight. And, and so we want to take an approach that takes uh, the, the traumas and the lived experiences of impacted people and families um, as we move to closing Rikers um, and uh, ensuring that that we are not profiting off of these jails, that we are investing in mental health services. Uh, we just did a briefing on uh, the Be Heard initiative and uh, non-NYPD responses to mental health services. So we're gonna be fighting for the creative uh, opportunities to serve New Yorkers at this time. Um, one thing you said leads me into my next to last question, which is um, you mentioned divesting from the NYPD, given the rise in violent crime of the last couple of years, the election of Eric Adams as mayor, and even the selection as uh, of Adrian Adams as city council speaker. It seems like there's there's not a big amount of sort of general um, appetite for a significant um, divestment from the police department to move money into other services. Is that going to be the thrust, you know, of one piece of the progressive caucus budget argument? Um, Is this something that you're looking to push with a smaller group of colleagues? Where is that sort of um, uh, effort at right now, would you say, with two and a half months before a city budget is due? One of the pieces that we're aligned on uh, as the caucus is that we don't want any expansion of investments to the NYPD or the Department of Corrections. So that will be explicitly on our list of priorities. And then the appetite of the caucus right now is around mental health services and robust mental health services. And so we're looking for uh, the the social workers. We're looking for um, expansion of city initiatives to address um, address the 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 traumas of having lived through COVID to um, uh, the lack of 
adequate healthcare services to um, other direct services and the bureaucracy of navigating um, any help in the city um, and putting in, in dollars for um, mental health uh, initiatives. And so I think right now, um, what I'd like to see and uh, encourage and want to collaborate on is uh, the workings of groups like the People's and uh, the People's Plan um, and other such community-based organizations. Um, if they uh, feel that right now is a moment to uh, build on the divestment project. <laughs> I mean, I think that question and some of the tensions therein and some of what you said, you know, goes back to where we started this conversation about the the sort of size of the progressive caucus and what it's going to be about. Um, last question to you, Councilmember Ressler, Councilmember Hanif, if you want to jump in, you know, quickly after um, Councilmember Ressler answers this one, feel free. But um, just in sort of closing, how much is the feeling in the progressive caucus about the need to be a, a strong counterweight to a more moderate mayor? Um you know, the progressive caucus under um, Melissa Mark Viverito and even Corey Johnson, you know, we're, we're pretty closely aligned with a f fairly progressive mayor in Bill de Blasio. Lots of people didn't like, you know, how uh, he wound up governing from, from various political angles. But there was there was quite a bit of alignment there. There seems to be, you would think, a lot more tension between this mayor's priorities and um, the council progressive caucus priorities. Although I've been trying to say for, for two years now that, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy to capture Eric Adams's politics, right? When you talk about policing, you might say it in one way. When you talk about, um, you know, uh, childcare and, uh, and other things related to the social safety net, you might talk about it a different way. So with that caveat though, how much do you see the Progressive Caucus as, as, as filling a sort of very assertive role in a check on a more moderate uh, mayor? I, I, I think you're right that uh, Eric Adams is a complex figure, right? This is somebody who spent 20 years in the department is most definitely a cop, uh, but also founded 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care and fought for reforms from within NYPD uh, while he was there, which is a hard thing to do. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I'm hoping that we can identify areas of common ground, that there are areas where we can really work together, I think, on food justice, um, on transportation issues. There's some good overlap. Um, we are independently elected officials. Uh, you know, my job is to deliver for the 200,000 people in the 33rd Council District. As the Progressive Caucus co-chair, we are uh, we are going to push for a stridently, boldly progressive agenda, and we hope to to find some common ground with the mayor. But we're not afraid to push back. We're not afraid to speak out. Uh, we are independently elected officials who will um, call out uh, problems as we see them. And I think the encampments, uh, the clearing of encampments in. Um, is a really good example of that because you know the first big encampments that were cleared were, were in my own district on Meeker Avenue. And you know, I, I know um I've I've been in touch with people who are there, uh, you know, living under Meeker over a couple of years now. And you know, this we don't I think no one aspires to people being camped out on the street. The problem is is that 
when you bring a police first approach and the only housing solution you offer is to send them to homeless intake at 30th street at Bellevue in Manhattan, you're not offering any solution at all. And that's why we came out so strongly against the mayor's approach. And we're going to continue to organize and push back. Um, and, and we're going to pick those spots deliberately and we're going to uh, stand up for our values and stand up for our communities. Final thought, Councilmember Manif, or you leave it, leave it there. All right, you leave it there. Absolutely. With the, with the I mean, the caucus's role is to be an accountability machine to the mayor. And that's what I signed up for. And while there may be commonalities and alignment, um, I look forward to that. We're open to those opportunities. Um, but it's very thrilling to be able to respond as a unified large body um, in disagreement with the way in which the mayor has approached in this example, the uh, encampment sweeps. And so it's clear that uh, if it's anybody that's good, that should be building is the mayor with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> I welcome that opportunity. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, when I get a chance to talk to him next, I'll, I'll uh, ask him about that. Um, so, He's not listening right now. Uh, yeah, well, he might be soon. Um, so, so thank you both for the time. Um, uh, Councilmember Hanif, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up down the line. I want to talk with you more uh, as your work progresses, chairing the Immigration Committee in the Council. Uh, we did a, a piece at Gotham Gazette on your budget hearing and and there's more to discuss there and i also want to discuss more with you about housing in your district and uh and places in the 39th that uh that could be you know a transit oriented development perhaps um and council member wrestler we we need to catch up more about um sanitation and climate and some of the other things that that you're working on there so we'll, we'll catch up more down the line but um but thank you both and you've been listening to City Council Member Shahana Hanif and Lincoln Ressler. They're both Brooklyn Democrats who co-chair the Council's Progressive Caucus. Thanks for listening and thank you both for the time. Thank you so much. Thank you.